World of Blaze Inc. brings you a podcast based on truth, spoken boldly. Join the man on fire, John Sublon, as he takes on issues of faith and culture, always faithful, always real. This is True Faith, Real Talk, and now, the man on fire, John Sublon. Welcome to another episode of True Faith, Real Talk. I'm your host, the man on fire, John Sublon of johnsublon.com. And I hope all of you are having a blessed Christmas season because we still are in it as we record this episode and a happy uh, new year of uh, the first. This is the first episode of of True Faith Real Talk of 2020. And I am super pumped for uh, my guest today. I had this guest on um, on episode number five of when I first started the podcast. So uh, we've obviously made some upgrades since then. And, uh, you know, this is if I was to have like a top 10 list of, of priests that um, I, I appreciate and pray for and uh, love in our world today, it would be this priest, um, especially when it comes to his street cred. Um, for those of you who know my story, you know I, I'm a wayward son. I'm a prodigal son that came back to the church. And uh, my guest today, Father Donald Calloway, definitely speaks of that. The man's been kicked out of a foreign country, institutionalized twice, um, has been uh, arrested um, numerous times, and uh, until he got slapped with that Jesus stick through our Blessed Mother Mary, just like I did, um, he, uh, he came back to our Lord and now is a faithful priest. Um, he is a, a member of the congregation of the uh, Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. He's the uh, vicar, provincial, and vocation director for Mother of the Mercy uh, province, out, and he's located out in Steubenville, Ohio. And one of the things I want to uh, pump up, because I, his first book is what really took to my heart, not his first book, because he's written like 14 books or so, um, and I'll let Father describe that to you, is the first one, you know, nobody's put together this comprehensive book on the history of the rosary. And myself being a a life-professed third-order Dominican, oh boy, that speaks to my heart. Um, And we're here to talk with Father about his latest book, another um, topic that's near and dear to my heart. It's about the consecration to Saint Joseph, something that I absolutely agree with him 100% that is necessary for our time today um, for both the church and the world. And I want to welcome my guest to the show, Father Donald Calloway. Welcome, Father. Yeah, thanks so much, man. Good to be with you. You, you look like you're in a log cabin or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to love media. We can make it happen like that, Father. That's awesome. Um, and, glad, and, you know, thank you so much for being back. Like, you know, I shared, it's, it's been some time where this is probably episode 21 and you're on episode number five and i got a lot of good great feedback on um that discussion on the rosary um you were we were pumping up your book at that point in time the champions of the rosary which has been super awesome especially as a as a uh, third order dominican myself um but you know the key thing of bringing you back on is because you've you've kind of been in uh project mode and i remember i was looking back father in our text messages and i had saw at it was December of, of 2018 where we were back and forth and I was, I was asking you about a couple of things and you had asked about praying for a specific project that mm. you were in the middle of. And now we know what that project was right. and is. Um, so, you know, I want to thank you for putting together, um, for the, the listeners out there, I myself am going to be taking me and my family through this starting February 16th so we can end on the, uh, the feast day, the solemnity of St. Joseph. So, um, just want to put that out there that I've I've read portions of the book, but I'm trying to save that so I can walk uh, my family through it as well and just go through the consecration. But Father, what, let's talk about the inspiration for the book, um, the yeah. timing of this book, and, and where it all started. Yeah, um, basically the inspiration was twofold. Um, 
you know, these are crazy times that we're living in. And there's so much confusion about marriage and the family. Um, you know, modern times, people have tried to redefine marriage and they've, uh, people don't even know which bathroom to use today. You know, mm-hmm. the gender identity stuff is crazy. And so I thought to myself, boy, if we ever needed a father, now would be the time. Because when there's disorder in a house, it takes the father to, to, to bring order out of the chaos and to clean up the mess. And so I thought, wow, we could really use St. Joseph right now. And then it dawned on me. I said to myself, I wonder if there's something like a Louis de Montfort type consecration to St. Joseph. I mean, that would be great. So I went and searched for it. And I know a lot of people around the world it doesn't exist. I mean, people have tried like little things, but they're, and they're good, but they're not comprehensive, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, I better do this before somebody else attempts it and jacks it up, you know, (laughs) does a horrible job. So I'm like, let's get on this. So yeah, I spent the last almost three years doing the research and the writing and uh, now it's available. Consecration to St. Joseph. You know, I have to say father that um, just like all of your other books, but definitely the uh, champions of the rosary, the amount of effort and research, just the the historical background, um, mm. the, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm waiting to fully dive into it, but just, just, you know, kind of skimming through it, reading through your introduction. Um, yeah. I'm just, man, these got so many nuggets in here. And as somebody who, who's, you know, I, I'm a revert to the faith father. And so my confirmation saint was St. Joseph. That's my, my middle name is Joseph. Wow. Um, uh, my oldest son also took uh, his confirmation saint of St. Joseph. And being, being a husband, being a father, um, especially during this time, having suffered from father wounds, um, yeah. dealing with the spiritual father wounds we have in Holy Mother Church today and in, in, in the culture and society, I mean, this, this couldn't have come at a better time. And, right. and I think about just what you've done um, in the research. I mean, just reading through the introduction, my mind was like, right? <laughs> and just thinking about the nuggets that you threw in there. Um, you said it took three years to, to, to do the research? Yeah, it did. Because I, I wanted to make it like, I'm, I'm an overachiever, man. Like, I never want to leave any rock unturned. I'm like, mm-hmm. so it, I don't, it takes me a while because I want to make sure I cover everything. And, and I think I did. I mean, I'm going to discover stuff afterwards, of course. But yeah, yeah I, I, I did, man. I, I went around the world and did research. Yeah, I, I, one of the things that, um, and, and maybe a little bit of a spoiler alert for those of you who um, haven't gotten the book yet, but please go out there and, and order the book, um, and because I know there, there's been a, a line waiting for this book to come out, um, including myself. Um, one of the things that I read, Father, uh, briefly was about the, um, it, it's the Holy Marriage. I'm probably going to get it wrong. You were talking about the feast day on January 23rd yeah. of, of the Holy Marriage. Correct. Holy spouses. Yeah. Holy spouses. There you go. And and that plea to say, hey, let's let's make this let's put this back on the universal liturgical calendar. And yeah. what, um, I mean that by itself was worth the worth worth the price of the book because I was just like I had no idea as as a Catholic, especially somebody who's called to the married vocation. Um, uh, you know, uh, you, you talked about uh, Sister Lucia's comment about the final battle over um, you know between God and Satan is going to be over marriage and the family. We know that wholeheartedly to be the case today. And, yep. uh, and, and lo and behold, we, have, we had a feast day on the calendar. Um, so I'm with you in prayer on for that one to get that back on because that's what's going yeah. to save the world. It's the fundamental cell of society. That's what's yep. going to get us back on track with uh, holy vocations, come from holy families, which yep. come from holy marriages. Um, yep. So, uh, you know, can you talk about, um, I know you were talking about the, 
the, the time, the timing of this, and it kind of came to your heart. Was there anything specific about St. Joseph's? Because it's like, and I love how you, you built it on St. Louis de Montfort's um, true, right. true devotion, because again, a plug for the, the, the Dominican <laughs> order. Um, but uh, was there anything in particular outside of the struggle you saw with men, but St. Joseph and himself, what role did he play? Because I think yeah. a lot of people know your story and know the role of, our, our, of Mama Mary and her, yeah. in your life. But what, yeah. what role did St. Joseph play in your conversion, if at all, or in this inspiration or over the course of your, um, your life to this point? Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been big. But the interesting thing about it, so when I had my initial conversion, you know, that divine two-by-four you talk about, um, the first time I went into a Catholic church, I, I didn't know about liturgy or a liturgical calendar or what feast day it was. I was clueless about all that stuff. So looking back on it, though, and I discovered this some years ago, the first day that I ever entered a Catholic church was March 19th. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. At the time, it didn't mean anything to me, right? Mm-hmm. But now, I mean, that's the solemnity of St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. So that meant something special to me. So as I went through my seminary formation, you know, I had a pretty intense prayer life with St. Joseph, asking him to help me to be a good man and to bless all the men in my life, like my, my fathers, because I had multiple fathers because my mom was in and out of marriages, and I asked him to bless, you know, my relatives and everything, and he really helped me a lot, and um, now in my priesthood, oh, he's a huge part of my life, and, mm-hmm. and you know, when I thought about putting this book together, I went to the litany of St. Joseph, which I had prayed, you know, for a long time, mm-hmm. and one of the big reasons that I wanted to do all this intensive research was because I was looking at some of the titles in the litany, and I'm like, you know, this don't make no sense to me. I'm like, these titles and the images that I see of St. Joseph, they don't match up. We got a dude called the Guardian of the Redeemer, Guardian of Virgins, Pillar of Families, Terror of Demons, and these images, he's like 95 years old and practically dead. I'm like, (laughs) what's wrong with this picture, you know? Mm -hmm. So I was like, we got to take a look at this and see well, why have they always painted St. Joseph as some old decrepit man who's basically, you know, dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big part of it too. I wanted to nail this and get us a, a fresh and actually more correct image of St. Joseph. So can you speak to that father? Cause you make a great point, you know, because there's been so little, I mean, you talked about there's um, been more done in the last couple of hundred years about a devotion yep. to St. Joseph than they've been all of, all of the church history. Um, mm. And a big part of it is, um, and we know this is even with God himself, God the Father being some kind of out of touch, distant right. old guy, right? Um, and definitely St. Joseph fits that bill as well. Can you, can you speak to that? Can you give us and the yeah. listeners a sneak peek of what is the true depiction of St. Joseph, you know, patron of the church, um, patron right. of the family and model for, and terror of demons, one of my favorite names. Right. One of my favorite exactly. names. Yeah. Oh, that's the that's the money title for yeah. Saint Joseph. I, that's yeah. Amen. Well, the so in the early church, um, you know, they really wanted to protect the virginity of Mary. So their intentions were good, um, but what they did to to show that in the real marriage of Mary and Joseph is they depicted Saint Joseph as a very old man who basically had no longer his virile powers and wasn't interested in conjugal union anyway. Mm. So so to defend the perpetual virginity of Our Lady, they made St. Joseph old um, so that nothing, nobody would ever suspect anything. Okay, their intentions were good. But the problem with that is that's not inspired. That's not, all all that stuff comes from apocryphal literature, Mm -hmm. which means non-inspired and non-approved. 
I mean, some things we get from apocryphal literature can be helpful, but the majority of it is just people coming up with fantasies and legends. Um, so that, unfortunately, the fruit of that, depicting St. Joseph as an old man, really put him in the back, and so people didn't pay much attention to him. Mm -hmm. And they thought, well, God could have used anyone, and so he was just a guy that, you know, and actually they began to say, well, he actually was a widow, and he was in a previous marriage with other children, and so it just, it got worse. Mm -hmm. And it's like, so nobody paid attention to him, and we reaped the fruit of that for basically 1,800 years, you know, until more modern times when people began to say, you know what? Like Mother Angelica, she's awesome. She said, old men don't walk to Egypt. And they don't walk back either. And they don't live there for so many years, taking care of a wife and son. And then they don't walk from Nazareth to Jerusalem three times a year, required by Jewish ritual tradition to go to the temple three times a year. Mm -hmm. That's serious stuff, you know. Um, how could Joseph be a model of manhood for Jesus as he grew up if he was old and probably was taking naps every day, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it's not, no. So we got people today who have said, you know what? We need to look at this again, like venerable Fulton Sheen, um, who's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, he talks about this, and I have great quotes in the book about it. St. Jose Maria Escrivá mm -hmm. talks about this uh, and, and others. So I think it's something that we just need to, to kind of look at from – you know, we're not going to find it in the scriptures. The church has no definitive teaching on it. Mm -hmm. But if you just use practical reason and common sense, there's no way that he could have been an old man. This is impossible. Mm -hmm. Well, I think uh, a lot of what I, I've noticed that you've done, as you did in your previous books as well, is provide the um, the critical research and the, and the historical um, evidence, if you will. Yeah. Especially, uh, you know, like you're, you're talking, going back to St. Jerome, and, and some of the early church fathers about speaking mm -hmm. to some of those, um, you know, those those uh, errors in what they, you know, Jesus having brothers and things of that nature that you're covering in there as well. Um, that I, I think for, especially for the faithful Catholics out there who aren't, maybe not well catechized, don't have a theology degree. Um, right. I, know, I know I was one of them. And so we just kind of go along to get along with what people have to say yeah. and uh, don't really have a really good image of, of St. Joseph. Um, mm -hmm. or any other saints for that matter. Um, but let, let's kind of unpack it a little bit more, Father, with this consecration, because I think maybe some people aren't familiar with consecration. Um, mm -hmm. um, that would be a good, you know, uh, maybe an, another good starting point. I know myself, mm -hmm. and I go through uh, Marian consecration yeah. at least once a year, um, yeah. and uh, I, I do stick to St. Louis de Montfort. Um, I, I like the, yeah. the Holy Surrender piece, and I, he beats me down the way I need to be beat down. Um, <laughs> maybe some other folks like the uh, Maximilian Kobe version, but um, I, sure. I, I like to be beat down um, and, uh, and, and taught humility. Um, I know you built it on top of, of true devotion. Can you talk about, I know yeah. you broke it down into the three parts. Can you, can you speak to that as well, Father? What is the consecration? Uh, one of the yeah. great things before uh, I give it back to you is the fact that you created the the group um you did the work for the group right I mean, so for the so for the for the men out there matter of fact i i was in uh i went to confession last week father a little, a little sidebar and i brought the book with me my home parish is saint joseph's parish by the way um nice. so <laughs> I, and of course i go and it's my pastor and i'm like um you know after after confession after he gave me absolution i'm like oh by the way we need to talk about perhaps <laughs> getting the entire parish to go through a consecration to to saint joseph Nice. You know, what a great way. And he goes, no, send me all the information. You got it. You know, you're the second person that has uh, kind of brought that to my attention. Um, wow. 
Yeah, That's so, awesome. I mean, to take your whole parish through that and to consecrate, especially during right. these times. But can you speak yeah. to the, the, the concept of, of consecration for those that yeah. may not understand what it is, Father? <clears throat> sure. So, basically, the word itself means to consecrate something is to, to set something aside for a holy purpose. So, you know, by our baptism, we are consecrated to Jesus Christ and his saving mission. You know, he wants us to become holy. And um, that's what Christianity is all about. Now, many of us have done like a filial or devotional consecration to Mary, right? And because she's our spiritual mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's got the capacity to receive that gift of ourselves and to help us to grow closer to Jesus Christ, to grow in holiness and in virtue. Um, now, where's St. Joseph in all this, though, right? Mm-hmm. So why would we consecrate ourselves to St. Joseph? Well, if you look at the, our Lord himself, it says in the New Testament that Jesus, in his human nature, he needed to grow and develop like every other child, right? Mm-hmm. Not in his divine nature or divine personhood, he's, but in his human nature, he did. And it says in the New Testament that he grew in wisdom and stature before God and man under the watchful care of his parents. So he entrusted himself, which is another word you can use for consecration, to Mary and Joseph, well, if he did that, and we're brothers of Jesus and imitators of him, we should do that too, because we're not members of a one-parent spiritual family, mm-hmm. right? So we have Mary as our spiritual mother, but we also have a spiritual father in St. Joseph. And so all children, it's best if you grow up with a mother and a father. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't matter if you're 17 years old or, or 47 like myself, we're always going to need spiritual parents. So... This is what it is. And so St. Louis de Montfort, you know, three, four centuries ago, when he came up with his Marian consecration method, he made it a 33-day method so that you could really cover material. Mm -hmm. You know, if it was only five days, that's not going to, you're not going to get very far with that. If it's 90 days, that's too much. Mm -hmm. So that month, more or less, is a really good method. And so I thought, why reinvent the wheel? Let's stick with what he did. Uh, Use it as a template. So what I did, the first part of the book, are the days. You go through a basic small reading every day, um, and I revolve it around the litany of St. Joseph. It's just such a beautiful prayer. Mm-hmm. So we do a little reading, and then you do a little bit bigger reading from the second part of the book, which is called The Ten Wonders of St. Joseph. And there we get into doctrine, in hardcore stuff where people are going to be like, wow, I never knew that about St. Joseph. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then the last, the third part, is to pray. If you know, it's good to know Saint Joseph, but if you don't have a relationship with him, that's not good enough. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you know, kn- know him to love him. So every day you pray the litany of Saint Joseph, and it concludes with that. And by the end of it, the thirty-three days, you're gonna be like, I love this guy. Mm-hmm. Where's he been all my life? You know why? <laughs> and um, people are already telling me they're like, Father, I, I've seen his statues. I've got a picture of him in my house, but. I never really knew who he was, yeah, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they think they're just calling upon him when they're out of a job or when they need to sell a house, right? Let me just go bury St. Joseph in my backyard so I can sell right. this house. And in right. and, and all honesty, Father, I mean, that's just, you know, we've got this um, uh, either dumbed-down version or just a, a, an ignorance about who St. Yeah. Joseph is. Um, so to, to going back to the point you were talking about, um, consecrating ourselves to both uh, two uh, our mother Mary, a blessed mother, and St. Joseph, because that may be a question that Father addresses also in the book about whether or not if I've already done a Marian consecration, mm-hmm. uh, does, how does that work? You know, does, does, one, right. does mom get mad at dad all of a sudden? <laughs> um, right, right. Yeah, and it's basically, 
it's because they're holy spouses mm-hmm. and they're our spiritual parents that we can do that. So you wouldn't just give yourself to your mother and be like, sorry, dad, you know, no, it's it. A child entrusts himself to the care of both parents. That's normal. That's how it works. That's what our Lord did. Mm-hmm. So um, that's, we can do that, too, with great confidence. Yeah, I think that was beautiful. I mean, it, um, for those that may, you know, maybe battle with a little bit of scrupulosity or, you know, a little bit more of a, a deeper devotion to one or the other. Um, sure. It's actually been an answer to uh, many of men's prayers, I believe. I know we, we often invoke... Um, you know, St. Joseph as the patron, uh, uh, you know, the patron saint for fathers, for families, Mm -hmm. for the universal church, and to Mm -hmm. not have an idea or uh, an understanding, um, both from just knowledge, more or less the prayer, that dialogue with uh, with, uh, St. Joseph, um, really limits your ability to do that. I mean, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm speaking of a personal experience. He's he's Mm -hmm. a patron saint of mine. He's somebody that I call upon. But, you know, I felt like there was a gap to be honest, mm-hmm. that I didn't have, there's so much out there on our blessed mother. I mean, mm-hmm. even the fact that, um, you know, and again, I'm again, encourage the folks to go out there and get the book. Father points out the, um, there was a, uh, a, a writing, was it an encyclical father that was done by, uh, Pope St. John Paul II on him? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was a apostolic letter, I think. Okay. Yeah. Apostolic letter that was, um, you know, so again, as Catholics that are really trying to get caught up with 2000 years of tradition, we have so much. Um, trust me, you don't need to go to school. You can just read all the church documents and you will have plenty to read for the rest of your entire life here on mm-hmm. this earth. Um, mm-hmm. But those elements were, I think this does, this is going to do a really good job um, on and educating us on who St. Joseph the man was mm-hmm. and being able to draw closer to him. And, you know, you brought up a key point, Father, about the, the last part of it being prayer. Maybe can mm-hmm. you speak to that um, about mm-hmm. the necessity of prayer given the inspiration of this, this project to, to bring in St. Joseph, to cre- create a, a deeper devotion during these dark times, during these yeah. anxious times, um, why prayer is so fundamental in all of this? It is because ultimately the, the ultimate end of all Marian consecrations, no matter what formula you use, and the ultimate end of this consecration of St. Joseph is to bring you closer to Jesus Christ. That's the ultimate end. Um, and our, I know with certitude that Our Lady and St. Joseph would say that as well. Um, they both point to him. And so we need to be in a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. And we can use all these resources. Our Lady, who is, I mean, the greatest after our Lord. I mean, she's greater than St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Um, you, all these resources to help us come to Jesus Christ. And the, at the root of it all is prayer. Um, because you can have all the knowledge, you can have PhDs, and you could whatever. Because I've met people like this. I've met university professors who are brilliant. They know Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, Latin, you name it. Mm-hmm. But they don't know Jesus Christ. They don't really know him. Mm-hmm. And that you can, you know, the difference. You know the difference. There's no relationship being transmitted there. It's just factual knowledge, and that's just not going to fly. You've got to have that relationship. So that's why prayer is so essential. And I didn't want to weigh it down with too much prayer so that people are overwhelmed, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to just say, well, just say a Hail Mary, you know, after every day's reading. I wanted to give a little more substance than that, because like lifting weights, you know, you're, you're going to build some strong muscles if you get accustomed to some serious prayer. And St. Joseph is a master of the interior life. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, he is that, that silent man, that quiet man whose depth is so deep that he talks to God when he sleeps. Mm-hmm. 
That's St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we can if we can be like him, we're going to be talking to God whether we're awake or asleep. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, one of the things to, to go back to the point about, um, you know, both the knowledge piece and, and the spiritual side of this, um, you, you divide the book in, in a way that and can be consumed in, in both ways. Um, mm-hmm. And I, which I thought was brilliant. The fact that you said, hey, for those, there's going to be some people that are going to want to dive right into the consecration. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be those other people like, wait a minute, I'm just getting familiar with this consecration thing. John just threw this book at me when I was walking outside of the, you know, out of mass one day and told me to go and, and go and read it. Um, but I'm not, I don't even understand this. I, I'm working on my faith. I'm just coming back to the church, whatever it is. I'm not comfortable with the saints yeah. as of yet. Um, right. It, and you, so can you speak to that father? I know you, there's that whole, yeah. the 10 wonders that you said, that's probably the yeah. place to start for some of those, for those individuals. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up yeah. because, um, there are a lot of people that they might not be ready to just jump right into, you know, the, the preparation for consecration. So I, I wrote that second part, The Wonders, as a book for in itself um, for people who want to get, I mean, more familiar with St. Joseph to know actually who is he and, and why would I do this consecration thing. I think that's a good good thing for them to do. And I encourage people to do that. You don't have to jump right into the consecration. Although I think once you're done reading that second section, I almost guarantee you're going to want to do the whole thing. (laughs) Um, And then I also wrote that second section for people like you who can't wait and went and read it anyway. (laughs) I'm like that too. And it's funny, right? Because I know you put the, you put, you warned us like, hey, just so you know, if you read the second (laughs) section and then you go do the consecration, you still have to go back and read the, the, right. the parts of the and I think it's beautiful, right? I mean, it's it's not this um, this obligatory thing, but it's really a journey and a relationship, right? We yeah. get to yeah. reacquaint ourselves again with. Um, I mean, I'm 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 very excited for uh, for to go actually go through the consecration because again, mm-hmm. like I said, it's been an answer to my prayers, and I'm, I know to the prayers of a lot of of people out there. Um, especially that ha- that wanted to have a deeper devotion to to Saint Joseph, but didn't know how. Had this uh, maybe this distant idea of who who Saint Joseph was, and 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 really, this is going to be opening up their eyes. So I wanted to at least um, talk also, Father, um, because you brought up, you know, we talked about this at the beginning, the inspiration. You brought up some really key issues in our world today, mm. and I think really uh, in our world and really in our church. Um, because of what we're dealing with now with with the latest abuse and the scandals that we've been just kind of see unfold. Um, mm-hmm. And I imagine, especially as a priest, somebody who's devoted his life um, to God and, and the office that you hold, a very sacred office, um, this is not an easy time to be just walking around in your clerics and, and, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and preaching the word of God and telling everybody to consecrate themselves to a, a man, right? Right, um, right. But you spoke to the issue of, of, of the father, father issue, issue of yeah. family and marriage. Um, yeah. can you, can you also just, I mean, just kind of maybe speak from the heart on, on what you've been, um, just what's on your mind with regards to that. I mean, this is yeah. part of it. I know we're, 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 we're uh, going to be encouraging people to, to participate in this, but just yeah. really what's on your heart with regards to that marriage family issue. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot because you're right. I mean, it is, it is very difficult today in, in, in the culture to, um, feel that you can really be a man because if you in the culture today if you express manhood in a way that shows strength they immediately say ah toxic masculinity mm-hmm. you, know, you need to tone it down and they will try and emasculate you they want you basically to just be nothing but emotion and don't be strong or don't say you're some 
head of, of a family, how dare you, you know, uh, these kind of things. But I think that if we go back to St. Joseph, we can see these things in their right context, um, you know, because he is the head of the Holy Family. Um, he is the pillar of families. He's the glory of domestic life. These are his titles. And yet we have to remember that he's a servant leader. He's filled with compassion and love and tenderness and all of that. But he's a man nonetheless. And that's what we need today, I think. So the book is written for everyone, for women, children, families, everything. Men in particular, though, I do think are going to get a lot out of it. Mm -hmm. Because as a priest, I do. I meet a lot of men who say, Father, you know, when I was growing up as a young boy, it was very clear to us what a boy was and what a girl was and what it meant to be a man and what it meant to be a gentleman. And, and you know, we, we, they talked about the greatest generation and when men were men and they were soldiers and they fought for the good, the true and the beautiful. Mm -hmm. And they said, today, though, everything is just chaos. There's so much confusion. Mm -hmm. And um, my heart goes out to them and, and to the young people today. So I think if we, if we get the family right and with each person's role— and both are necessary. Mm -hmm. One is not greater than the other. They're both, you know, complementary. Then we can become, I think, comfortable with certain ways of expressing things again, like that the man is the head of the home. Mm -hmm. Not because he's authoritarian, he's a meanie, and he's, you know, no. Because he's like Christ, ultimately. Mm -hmm. you, like Christ. Because that St. Joseph is the greatest man after Jesus Christ. And so... If we get back these these understandings in the right way, we can realize that um, we don't have to be afraid of men being men mm -hmm. and women being women. Don't, honey, don't be afraid to wear a dress. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, we've got to get back to these things, the fundamentals. Yeah. I, I mean, you speak to um, the passage that always comes to mind when I think about this is Ephesians 5, right? When we yeah. hear St. Paul's, uh, you know, uh, prescription for what marriage looks like and we think about the, you know, we know um, from a Catholic theology, I mean, you want to talk about upholding women, right? Our greatest saint is a woman. We, you know, yeah. we refer to the church as Holy Mother Church. Um, yep. you, know, uh, you know, you think about the apostle to the apostles, and we think about, you know, uh, Mary Magdalene being the first to, to see our risen Lord. I mean, all those elements were, you know, true feminine genius as taught by the church and, yep. and masculine genius that where we know we're equal in dignity but different as our roles, are, right. are played out. And I think that's good to, to speak to the men out there because I think uh, part of it is we're battling with that cultural swing where anything that looks like a, a man being firm, even, even chivalry, right, Father? Even just opening right. a door, right, is toxic yeah. masculinity because you think I need you to. And <laughs> quite honestly, uh, and I think why we've, I mean, there's a ton of reasons, and that's probably a whole nother episode, but there's a ton of reasons why women, um, because men have, uh, have, we've had our failures, right? We've abdicated our responsibilities as true men. <laughs> We've lost God in all of this. Therefore, we're not being true men of God and authentic witness to what God has called us, especially as biblical men of God. Um, and yeah. so women have had to step in the gaps. You know, when you, right. when you look at, you know, the divorce rate and you look at fatherless homes. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, women have had to step up and fill that gap that that, that man should be there to fill. So yeah. you can see why there's a level of distrust and mistrust and, of course, yeah. um, really in some cases just anger towards what we've done to fail our women. Um, but right. this is maybe, the, the, you know, definitely we're starting a new decade. We're starting a new year. Um, we can, uh, you know, thanks be to God for Father Calloway and his effort in this, that we can really start to turn that, that turn of the tide towards mm -hmm. true, authentic men who live yeah. according to a life modeled after Christ and who that's who St. Joseph um, yeah. uh, is modeling himself after as well. 
Yeah. To... And I think it's also for the, for even for my brother priests, mm. because as you know, I mean, we've got a real crisis when it comes to spiritual fatherhood, mm. you know, just some real bad examples. And, um, yeah, we're all weak. I'm, I'm a priest. I got my own wounds and baggage, but we've seen some rather serious stuff lately, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it's scandalized a lot of people, hurt a lot of people. And so I even think that my brother priest can look to St. Joseph and see in him a model of uh, manliness in the sense of this beauty that's been entrusted to me is not at my disposal. I am to protect her. I am to defend her. I am to honor her. So when a priest sees that with regard to the church, the bride of Christ, will realize that we're like St. Joseph here mm -hmm. with the Virgin. We're called to take care of her, to defend her, protect her, honor her, serve her, and die for her. Mm -hmm. Not abuse her, not, not take advantage of this great gift that we've been given. Um, and that's why I'm, I'm encouraging my brother priest uh, to, to do the consecration as well. Amen. Yeah, they are, I mean, more than any other time, um, we, we, we are experiencing the father wound, in both cases, as far as uh, in the church and as well as in the world, and we're seeing the the effect of that. You know, mm -hmm. we're, we're we're sheep without shepherds. You know, mm -hmm. we're a lot of we're we're abused children, honestly, um, in in every way possible, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically for a lot of people. And so, um, a heart and prayer go out to those that are victims of that. But you know, mm -hmm. great job, Father, in 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 bringing that point too, because I think um, it's difficult. You know. Um, especially for the lay people out there right now to, to know who to believe, what to believe because right. of that confusion, because of the scandal. Yeah. And, um, you know, for the, for your brother priests out there and for the clergy and all the religious, the consecrated religious, all those that are out there, um, you know, what better way than to unite through a consecration to the patron saint of the entire family and the universal yeah. church. If we're going to heal, yeah. we're going to heal this. We're going to need all the help we can get. You know, yep. when it comes to us being the church militant here on earth, we're going to need the church triumphant. And who's up there, you know, uh, yeah. swinging away? It's going to be our Blessed Mother and St. Joseph, um, uh, you know, yeah. praying and, and interceding on our behalf. Uh, so, Father, I just wanted to, to really thank you for the effort that you put here. You've just come out with some really great uh, resources for us as faithful um, Catholics trying to live it out. And, mm. and, and nothing that's superficial, but, you know, you did a good job. Um, and you continue to do a good job of, you know, applying just enough milk and honey with the rest of the meat and potatoes, you know, because right. we got to quit dumbing it down as Catholics. We need we need good books with good resources that are true, faithful to the magisterium, yeah. orthodox. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so do you have any parting words for those that may be out there listening, Father, on, on any front, whether it be to the consecration, um, yeah. to the issues going on in the world today, or just, uh, you know, how they can find out more about, uh, you know, Father Calloway and the work you're doing with the Marian Fathers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would just encourage people to do it individually, for sure. Mm -hmm. But then um, the group setting is going to be really nice, too, because um, you can have discussions, you know, and, and go deeper. And, and somebody might say something in the group that could really have an impact. Uh, new friendships could be made, you know, in a parish when you do it as a group. And mm -hmm. Um, the Diocese of Charlotte, North Carolina, the bishop has actually declared a year of St. Joseph. Wow. Um, yeah, and I, I would, I'm going to beg all the, the listeners here, please pray that the Pope would declare a year of St. Joseph for the entire church, because we've never had one. Mm. That would be phenomenal if something like that happened. I actually sent him a letter, and it was given to him, asking him to do that. I haven't heard back yet, but uh, 
keep keep the prayers coming for that. Absolutely. Um, and then also with the book in the I um I commissioned artwork for the book. Mm-hmm. So in the back of the book and on the website, which I'll mention in a minute, there's ten new art pieces that show Saint Joseph, and they show him as young, masculine, strong. Many of them have him crowned with a crown. They're phenomenal. I got artists from yeah from around the mm-hmm. world. And uh, they're really great. Yeah. So if in some of them, people can even purchase for your home or whatever. That's awesome. So, yeah. So the best place to get the book um, right now is the website we created for it, which is consecration to Saint Joseph dot org. And the saint part is just st. So consecration to Saint Joseph dot org. That's the best place. You get the book and the art there. Um, because a lot of people are telling me they're trying to get it on Amazon. Amazon doesn't have any because they. Amazon didn't think it would do that well, and it's um, we're already in the second printing. It's already been out a week. Wow, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. So um, Amazon will get it eventually, but right now Amazon's out of stock. So go to consecration to Saint Joseph dot org to get it. Okay, great, and we'll uh, I'll make sure I get that up on the uh, once I get this uh, shot out on on YouTube. So Father, um, you know, again, thank you again for the work that you're doing. Amy, you got a busy life. The fact that you're the uh, <laughs> Uh, is it Vicar Provincial uh, out there? And vocation director. And vocation yeah. director, yeah. How are, by the way, how are the vocations going for the Marian Fathers? Great. We have 31 seminarians right now, 31. And right now, so far, for this year, now that it's 2020, I have seven guys who want to enter this summer, and we could get more. Wow. So it's it's incredible. Praise God. So does that mean, did you guys, I know when I came out to visit there with uh, Deacon Harold Bricksivers um, last year, um, yeah. I know you guys were in the process of, of uh, I think, doing some renovations or remodeling or even adding, right, to your to your house out yeah. there? That's right. Where you you may not have even seen the new one or you probably didn't stay no, in the new one. We didn't stay in the new one. No, we just came by and visited in the old one. And I yeah. uh, we were they took us around, I think, to show us what what the potential property was for the, the for right. the second house. Yeah. So we've we've moved into it. It's only half done. So it's going to be like another year and a half or something till it's complete. But once it's done, we're going to have about 45 bedrooms, a gigantic chapel, dining facility, everything. It's going to be awesome when it's totally done. So it's only half done right now. Well, I know I do make uh, constant trips out there. My oldest son graduated from Franciscan. My younger son is currently there. He's actually flying back for school tomorrow. Um, And uh, Deacon and Harold and I have uh, made a couple of trips out there. So we may be doing another one. We'll have to come out and visit you, Father. Um, Awesome. And for the the young men out there, especially for those of you that uh, are listening, I know I got a pretty pretty good widespread of, of... of uh, individuals, generations out there, but those for you may be discerning what God's will is in your life. Perhaps you can go through the consecration. And then if there's, if you feel like there's a call to the priesthood, you know, you got to check out the MICs, you know, the Marian fathers of the Immaculate Conception, um, where you got great, a great vocation director and father Donald Calloway, um, a, a no nonsense priest, but it's faithful and, 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 and down to earth, but, um, but loves God and loves our Catholic church. So father, that being said, thank you again. I'll continue to pray for you. Um, I will say this before I ask for your priestly blessing over me and the rest of the viewers. Um, it is in my goal, uh, my apostate world to blaze incorporated. Um, we just in November through our 10th conference, we've been incorporated. We'll be incorporated for four years beginning in eight or this coming up this April. And, uh, we're all about faith formation and evangelization, but, um, my goal for, we had our fourth men's conference that just passed in November. We have our fifth one, uh, already scheduled. I know I've been back and forth trying to get you out here, but my goal for the sixth one is to do a St. Joseph tear of demons, 
um, men's conference. And I'm, I'm, you know, Father Wade Menezes, um, who's a Fathers of Mercy, who's, yeah. who's local to our area, uh, you know, has been asking, requesting that every time he comes out and gives a mission out here. He's like, when is somebody going to do a St. Joseph Terror of Demons conference? And uh, me and, and my fellow uh, brothers in the organization are like, we got to make this happen. And we'd love to get you out here to do that, Father. That's awesome. I know Father Wade really well. He's a great guy. Yeah. I was just with him at a conference in South Carolina. He's a good priest. So, uh, yeah. boy, that would be a powerful conference. Yeah, I'd have, uh, I'm looking, my, my, this is my wish list. It's you, Father Wade, and our other good priest friend, Father Joseph Ilo, out in uh, a Star of the Sea in San Francisco, um, okay. who's, uh, who's also a founding member of World of Blaze as well. So um, if we can get you three priests out here, man, watch out. <laughs> St. Joseph Terror Demons Men's Conference coming to you guys. Heard it here first. We're going to try to get all of our, uh, our our spiritual fathers in one room together to just blow our minds with what it means to be real men of God. So, Father, that being said, thank you again. I'll continue to pray for you. And if you could please uh, bestow your priestly blessing over myself and the rest of the listeners, we'd greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we ask you to bless everyone uh, who has heard this program and everyone who will, that their hearts will be touched to have a greater passion for Jesus Christ. We ask this through the intercession of Our Lady and St. Joseph, our spiritual father and the terror of demons. And we ask this blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for your work and all you're doing out there. Um, uh, you know, I'm a big fan and we'll continue to uh, continue to lift you up in all the work you're doing for Holy Mother Church. Thank you and God bless you. God bless you, brother. True faith, real talk. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. Continue the conversation online. Visit johnsublon.com. Until next time, get holy or die trying. Godspeed. Godspeed.